0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: G&D with you until 6.30 tonight, Caps Hockey at 7 o'clock. I believe our buddy Nick Dowd is, is going to play tonight. John Walton mentioned that uh, to us on the old Meltway Blitz, which was nice to hear. I don't know that it's official. I don't know that it's definitely going to happen, but I think things are trending in that direction.
2: John Walton could say most anything in his voice, and I'd believe it. You know what I mean?
1: You've got a good John
2: Walton. The sky is below us. It is colored purple and a mix of teal like the San Jose Sharks uh, home jerseys. Puck drops. Okay, that's what the sky is, man.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I believe John Walton. They got to win tonight. They do. We'll get you a Caps power play before we get out of here, and we'll get ready for the game. 7 o'clock right here on The Fan. We have not talked much today about Eric Bieniemy coming to D.C. as the offensive coordinator. That happened on Friday. Long weekend. Danny wasn't even in. That's why Eric Bieniemy came here. And that's the reason. News had to break that mattered in town because Danny was out. But how about this audio? I saw this today. wanted to discuss this. This is LaShawn McCoy, who has for a while been outspoken about enemy I haven't really seen or heard other former Chiefs be nearly as negative as him. It does almost seem like he got wronged by or feels like it's personal because he came out and popped off about Eric Biennemi getting into an argument with Patrick Mahomes a little over a year ago. But he was on TV, he's now an analyst on Fox Sports 1, They were discussing the enemy to Washington, D.C. today. And here's what LaShawn McCoy said.
3: What's his value? What makes him a good officer coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. Mm -hmm. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching. And he has nothing to do with the pass game at all. Right? When the plays are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I could tell you with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, but when I ask about um, Eric Biennium, what makes him good? When we watch the film or practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Mm. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, then you, then you go to the, the Washington where you gotta call plays, you gotta run the meetings, you gotta run the installs. The last issue I have with him is what makes Andy Reid so great—not the call, the, the play calls, which we see that. Which I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is like adapting to the players. For the mean, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. He's dog coaching, he dog cussing the players. I'm like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other players. So it's like, it's hard for me. I'm rooting for him because. He's a black coach, and I love to see black coaches win. Also, he's a running back coach. Running back coaches will never get a chance to be true. office coordinators. The yep. last one was like Anthony Lynn. So I want that to, 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 to do well for him. But if I have to do my job, i be honest, my thing is just where is the true value at? Is it then? Is it having?
1: So that was today. That was LaShawn McCoy mm-hmm. on FS1. I just dug up during that audio a story from September of 2022. So this would have been the beginning of this past football season in the New York Post where Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy remember, had gotten into it a little bit on the sideline, like they were going back and forth, uh-huh. and it became a huge deal. Uh, watching the video here, um, basically, you know, cameras catch stuff like this all the time in the NFL. We, we decide societally, industrially, like what we care about and what we don't.
2: Yeah, sometimes it means a ton, and sometimes it's nothing.
1: Bieniemy basically came over to Mahomes, and he's shaking his head no, very obviously. They're up 14-10 at halftime of the Colts game. And he's walking into the locker room. Bienemy's kind of giving him an earful, coaching him up, talking. Mahomes starts pointing, very you know, gesturing over the top. And Andy Reid steps in. And Andy Reid goes right to Mahomes and kind of pats him on the shoulder. And he's the father figure, so to speak. He just yep. kind of like, hey, keep it moving, go that way, patting him on the butt. And so it was a little bit of a good cop, bad cop. But after that happened, and there was a big discussion, of because Bienemy every year, why doesn't this guy have a job? What's going on? It became a, a viral clip. Well, that was the first time I remember this. McCoy came out right away and said, all the enemy does is argue with players, knows nothing about passing or play calling, in all caps. Uh, McCoy commented. And that was uh, to a video online. It should be noted, LaShawn McCoy's stay there didn't go very well. He basically got a bunch of DNPs and got benched, or I don't know if the plan was ever even to play him. He was at the end of his career. But... It's very possible that he doesn't like the enemy personally because he thought he was going there for something that he didn't get or play time that he wasn't uh-huh. given. I would still say though, and I'm not telling you he's right, I'm just saying if you get a divorce, I'm not going to ignore what your ex-wife says about you. like people that have beef with you can oftentimes be worth talking to because they're gonna shoot it straight. you know whereas a lot of other people are just gonna say nice things. I don't think he should be disqualified just because maybe he didn't have a great stay in Kansas City either.
2: No, that's that's fair, but it's also that can't be the only character witness. You no, know what I, I mean? Absolutely. Right. And I, I think and uh, I, I'm not but I saying think you're a ke- lot of people right. just
1: say you don't get to have a say, and I'm saying I'll listen to the eighty people that say nice things, but you also get a say.
2: Yeah, it, I'm 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 interested in all of it. I'd, I'd like to hear it. I mean, to me again, I I am I'm not going to go. Oh no. Maybe he didn't have as much responsibility as I thought. Again, still a home run hire, still excellent, still awesome for me. Still so excited. Everyone should be uh, on that level. I think this is nothing but a good thing for the Washington Commanders. Again, I'll take LeSean McC- uh, not LaShawn Excuse me. I'll take Eric Bieniemy, even if he wasn't doing anything. For the sake of argument, over another retread that has done plenty and that's make the off uh, the twenty seventh best offense in the NFL. PZ, comma can or Pat Shermer or somebody else or Scott Turner, right? Totally fine with that. I'm all in. But in terms of this, again, we, we always try to waste stuff, right? There's a sea of praise. Then there's this little tiny island and Sean McCoy's on it, letting everybody know they didn't think much of Eric Biennemi. But fine. I, I mean, you know, there was a there was a guy probably that told you that Andrew Luck wasn't any good coming out or, or someone said, I don't see it with Trevor Lawrence or I don't see uh, LeBron James having that kind of an impact on a franchise. Or, you know, there's always going to be a voice that's, that's a dissenting opinion. Let's read those things. The Let's be thing able I'll to dispel. The thing about
1: that, though, is what is the discussion on the enemy? Like, what is the actual conversation? In in regards to
2: why he hasn't been a head coach yet? Correct. So, uh, the first is the elephant in the room, the obvious thing, a, a, a race issue for owners, presidents, jams, et cetera. Second point, which I think you're getting at, is he didn't
1: have that much responsibility. It's
2: really Andy Reid's show. The question is,
1: right, how involved is this guy? How responsible is he? Are any of the Chiefs really going to come out and say no, even if he's not? You get what I'm saying? I get exactly what you're saying. Do you expect Andy Reid or other offensive assistants or other players? Yes,
2: Travis Kelce going to be like, yeah, I never talked to that guy.
1: No. Exactly. Of course not. So my point is, and I do think it matters some to hear the endorsements of the Mahomes and the Kelsey and the Tyreek Hill or whoever else, players that are speaking on Biennemi's behalf. But – while I want to hear what they have to say, and I am going to take it probably as more gospel than LaShawn McCoy, who seems like he's got a personal gripe or vendetta, I guess the flip side would be, just to play devil's advocate, none of those guys are going to come out and say publicly, dude, Eric Bieniemy is a passenger. Eric Bieniemy's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. The number of times when I was on the beat that players or coaches would publicly say something for whatever the imaging or the branding or the, the the group think or the message was to everybody only to then say something else privately? I mean, Danny, it's, it's, it's Wednesday. It's Thursday. It's just every single day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all I'm saying is when I hear that, my antenna goes up a little bit. And I would love for it to not be LaShawn McCoy who seems to be again a guy who has a personal issue with them? Or it would be great if it was someone who was there and had a lot of success. Would would make more sense.
2: Like it would it would mean more if Jamal Charles, for example, who immediately came out and said, "Hey, I totally disagree with you. The enemy's great, and he was awesome for me." And I kind of don't know what you're talking about. We're still in touch. Exactly. If it was Jamal Charles who was your you know pick one one or one two in fantasy for a handful of years, and yeah. including when the enemy was there, you'd go, "Okay,
1: that carries a lot more weight to me." And for the record, I think that the reason. Jamal Charles did that is probably because that's what Jamal Charles thinks. Uh-huh. And because that is the truth or his truth is the enemy is involved and the enemy is qualified and enemy does do a good job. But I, I would, again, playing devil's advocate for just for a second, even if it's not how I feel. So it's important to note that, but just to, to play the other side for a second, Jamal Charles looks bad. If he comes out and piles on uh-huh. like uh, to me, I think LaShawn McCoy looks bad in this. People are bashing LaShawn McCoy for what it's worth, on social media. They're watching these videos and going, we're doing the same thing. I'm sitting here now making it, I'm saying, well, he's probably got a personal vendetta. We have no idea if he does or doesn't. I'm assuming he doesn't like Eric Biennemi personally. That may or may not be the case. I'm assuming he's mad about his usage when he was with the Chiefs, and I'm saying, you know, he's probably just, you know, got stabbed in the back and he's stabbing back or whatever. We don't know that. That's that's me taking a shot at his character, essentially. You see what I'm saying? I know what you mean, like, yeah. It's a bad look to say what he's saying and to basically like be down on a guy. So Jamal Charles coming out, if he was like, nah, he's kind of right, and he's not that involved, to just come out of the woodwork to like punch down on a guy is a, inevitably a bad look. Now, you might also just be doing it because it's true, for the record, hmm. but... I'm I'm not just throwing this audio away. In other words, I'm like kind of just filing it into a. Hey, we've got a hundred people that say one thing and one guy who says something else. Remember when there was like a scout, who was it? Griffin? Or, Nolan Naraki. Is that who it was? Every year
2: he wrote about the guy that was won once. So it was Cam Newton. It was uh, Robert Griffin. It didn't matter who it was. Up at the top of the board, he basically copy and paste the same thing about how disingenuous he was. He's this. He's that. He can't make all these plays. He's actually not special.
1: But I remember the whole point was like teammates have these weird relationships with him and blah, blah, blah. And every like we were all thinking, what a dumb thing this is. And then it turned out that he's not invited to the the birthday party for the offensive lineman or, you know, all the the weird, quirky things Uh that come out. Or Snyder paid for his honeymoon. It didn't go over well in the locker room. My point is just we dismiss what we don't like, if that makes sense. Uh You got a guy who played there saying, not a passing game guy just kind of happened to be in the room with Andy are we gonna just say he doesn't know what he's talking about
2: there's a I think back to my uh college career there was a pretty good correlation between the guys that liked our coach I was one of them and the guys that didn't like our coach I bet you can guess how that line went are you in the lineup every day are you are you a weekend starter uh on on uh, among the pitchers? I bet you're more of a fan of the guy. Now, there were some exceptions, but for the most part, that was a pretty pretty good rule. The complaints that some of the, the bench guys had, the complaints some of the guys that weren't playing every day had, it didn't mean they were invalid, right? But the complaints that I might have as a starter or the complaints I might have had as you know an everyday player, I want not say they carried more water, but... It was. It was. It's. Uh, uh, you see, the the fine line I'm trying to draw, right? Like you're mad as a bench guy that hey, like I, if I'm needed, I'm not fresh. I haven't had any at bats in the last five. That's a very valid criticism. Yeah. The difference between saying hey, there's a criticism, and versus I don't like the guy. Totally. This and- comes off a little bit more sour than just a straight up. You know, yeah. In in reality. There were more involved people well, when I was comes there in 2019 off
1: because of, of his playtime or lack thereof. I would say I
2: thought it was a little more biting, though. Like where where the where the where the, the personal part of it's almost like cranked up to a non zero setting. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like the, the what actual is, quote. Yeah, when he goes, "What is his value?" I'm kind of, "Oh, wait a minute. That's that's a pretty."
1: But that's the whole point: is his value to the? I don't think he's saying as a human being. He's, well, saying, he's talking what about is as a coach. His value to the offense. Yeah. What is what does he do? What does he provide? And his point. He would. I disagree with is he's saying he didn't add a whole lot.
2: Well, he was, he's going hard. All he did was like, he's going hard with the players. Like he's actually not the, he's the hands-on kind of coach that, that LeSean McCoy doesn't perform. Well, and
1: that part was weird too, I thought, because then he. That's he that's took, what I mean. He took issue, but, but I didn't think it was personal. It was just, he took issue with the fact that he went after Travis Kelsey as much as like guys that were barely on the team. This was which, a hard ass. Didn't we always hear that that's a good thing? Isn't it supposedly a good thing when you hold Kelsey to the same standard you do somebody else? Right, cuz it sounds to me like he got yelled at and he didn't like it. And Eric Benamy Band- I mean, does
2: that. Like in other words, he holds people to a high standard. He wants really good play all the time. He wants, you know, certain things done a certain way and and that's part of the gig and I don't think I don't think McCoy really enjoyed that very much. That's what I read there.
1: I, I think that that's probably fair. For the record, I agree with you, I think, largely. Mm-hmm. But I, I think what you're doing is what I'm saying is the case, which is you love Eric Bienemy as a hire. You want him to be wrong, and you're dismissing what so he's I, saying. But,
2: but uh, That's the distinction I want to draw. I'm not dismissing it. I'm saying I also hear a little bit of it where I'm not treating this as gospel.
1: Okay, but, but my right? point is you're going to listen to that and hear that then because you want to, in other words. Like, I don't hear that. Now, we happen to agree that I think Eric bien is a slam dunk hire. I think Eric bien plenty involved. I, this is what I would do. I don't care if he's ever called one play mm-hmm. or had one good idea. Please bring <laughs> me the person that stands next to Andy Reid yeah. for five years. Please bring me that person and then let them do all the things for the first time here. Like, 100% with you. But I, I just think the the reason this will be, you're not dismissing it, most people will, just dismiss as oh, he's just an angry former player who didn't have a good run there, is... People want it to be wrong. But what do you guys, when you hear this, do you hear sour grapes, so to speak? Do you think there is anything to this? Should this cause any concern at all? 800-636-1067 is the number. 800-636-1067 on Grant and Danny on the fan.
2: this moment. Right before halftime, Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes got into a little bit of a sideline argument about the play calling before the half. Mahomes thought they could have gotten into into field goal range, I believe, was the case. Bieniemy trying to calm him down. The cameras come in, and so did Andy Reid to separate them. You'll see Big Red come in and say, okay, let's go in the locker room here. After the game, which was a loss by Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes
1: talked about the confrontation. At the end of the day, I, w- I wanted to go try to score. I mean, that's just who I am. Um, we were in a tough situation. I believe it was like second or third and twenty or and something like that. And the, probably the smart decision was to just take it. We had got the ball at of half. We'll just go to the go to halftime. But I'm always going to be wanting to score. And I mean, I pretty much just said, "Let me have a chance at it." And then he was just like, "Let's let's, let's get back in our locker room and we'll we'll get something going for the next half." And. Um, I guess, uh, I don't know if that's an altercation, but, I mean, that was just that was the end of the conversation. So that's from Red Zone Channel. That was uh, Scott Hansen talking about the back and forth that LaShawn McCoy tweeted about in September. Today on Fox Sports 1, he had more to say about Eric enemy. That was him and Mahomes getting into it on the sideline at halftime, Reed having to kind of step in. Cooler heads prevailed. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, you could also just say, yeah, we were talking about where we're going to dinner. You know, that's what everyone loves to do. Like, well, we were inviting each other to the birthday party. Yeah, it's like the meeting on the man in Bull Durham. So maybe or maybe not. Maybe Mahomes said I wanted to score, and bien said, no, we weren't going to score there. It was a, you know, they said a lot of words for just having to have to said that. But I love how he squashed it. They have a really good relationship, it would appear, you know, watching them all the way through the Super Bowl. That is a nothing burger to me. Coaches and, and players all the time are going to get into arguments on the sideline. Now, you don't want it to be a regular thing, certainly with your quarterback. You don't want them anybody shouting at anybody or getting separated. or. But that was not a big deal. It just wasn't. And it shouldn't be a big deal. We didn't play it because it's a big deal. We played it because that was the first time LaShawn McCoy came out and had something to say about Eric Bienname. Mm-hmm. It was the day after that when he said, you know, all he does is yell at players or whatever. So now it, being, uh, you know, hard on players is is, is bad, I guess. Is, is that what we're saying? Uh, we're going to get to you guys in a moment. Here's the audio 800 is the number from Fox Sports One today. This is LaShawn McCoy, who played for the Chiefs, who's been in the room with Eric Biennemi.
3: What's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about offensive coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants – a very, very good coordinator. I could tell you with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, but when I ask about Eric B. Enemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film or practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Mm. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, then you, then you go to the, the Washington where you gotta call plays, you gotta run the meetings, you gotta run the installs. The last issue I have with him is what makes Andy Reid so great—not the call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which I mean that's one of it. But the other thing is like adapting to the players. At the mean, he's my first practice, I couldn't believe it. He dog coaching, he dog cussing the players. I'm like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know other players. So it's like it's hard for me. I'm rooting for him because. He's a black coach, and I love to see black coaches win. Also, he's a running back coach. Running back coaches will never get a chance to be True. office coordinators. The yep. last-
2: so it's the last part, not the uh, running backs coach part, but the he's yelling at players. Yeah, he's he's a hard ass. That's number one. Number two, LaTron McCoy was last there in 2019. There are three years of data points of of coaching in the hierarchy. Maybe there's a slightly different structure now. Maybe Andy Reid has deferred more to to Eric Bieniemy.
1: Really good point. Which
2: I don't know. I, but again, I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I I'm hypothesizing. I, I don't have good responses to all those different things. But there are some data points in there that Lashawn McCoy is the only guy saying, and maybe he's the only guy with a good platform to be able to say so. That I, I could do more research about former players or running backs that were there that aren't there, and what are they saying about Lashawn McCoy? But he's the only voice that I hear loudly saying, "Hey, this there's there's nothing really special about about Bien-Aimé. And it's something I'm interested in. I want to hear it. I'm interested in that. Okay. I've got other b- points of other people that are saying the opposite of that, that he's actually got a ton of value. Okay. The last part though, is what kind of has my radar go up a little bit where I look at the game log. I look at the DMPs. I look at the inactivity. I look at that. He didn't have a roll down the stretch and was basically shelved in, in, in a, in a playoff run. And then I hear he's yelling at the players or he's cussing the players. Yeah. He's coaching people tough. He holds everybody to the same standard. In a lot of places, that can ruffle feathers. In some, that's welcome. I would say for me, it's, it's certainly welcome here. And that kind of gives me a little bit less weight. I'm not dismissing his comments entirely. I think that's probably a faulty thing to do. But I'm giving a little bit less weight to, to if, if he hadn't gone into that last part where he's like, "Yeah, he didn't talk in the meetings, man." Andy Reid did. I go, "Oh, okay. Well, in 2019, that's what was happening. I, I can't dispute him on that." The he's hard on people and LeSean McCoy's sort of track record there makes me take a little bit less weight to it.
1: In a few minutes, we'll play a clip from Jordan Ta'amu, who started for the Defenders in the XFL debut here in D.C. on Sunday night, who actually played in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. So He was on the practice squad with the Chiefs and learned from Biennemi and Mahomes. And uh, his thoughts on Mah- on, on Biennemi are very, very different. I mean, he loved the guy from what he told us and, and really found him to be super helpful and integral to that offense. Let's go to Patrick in Fredericksburg. Hey, Patrick.
4: Hey, how are we doing, guys? subotic Hey, so this kind of reminds me of an old-school, hard-nosed coach. And I had a guy that coached me when I was young that was a lot like that, where he was constantly getting on players in practice for things that they were missing, not winning their individual battles, blowing coverages. And one day I asked him, I said, why are you being so hard on us like this? And he says, because I'm a professional. I expect the best out of my players so that we get the best on the field. And that's the long and short of it. Not everybody likes it, but it's important. Yeah, I wonder if
1: it's as simple possibly as not every coach is for every player. And and what I mean by that is you're just not going to like every coach's style if you play. And maybe McCoy is not a guy that likes someone who's a hard butt, right? Who's who's after Uh you and yelling at you and, and screaming at you in practice. And maybe that's how the enemy operates. And by the way, if that's the case, guess what? The enemy's had a lot of success doing it that way. But... It doesn't mean that you, you can't get results. I'd also point out he's talking about yelling at Kelsey, whatever. There aren't really Kelsey or Mahomes in this offense. This is a really easy group. Yeah. I think if you're going to be uh, able to grab some face masks and scream, like this group gets along pretty well. Your best player is the easiest going leader of all time in Terry McLaurin, who doesn't have a diva bone in his body. You know, some of the other really good players, guys like Charles Leno was just a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award who runs the offensive line and you know wears a C on his jersey. It's a pretty stand-up group of players on offense, and there aren't really stars that might butt heads with a coach who's going to be coaching them hard. Let's go to Ed in Springdale. How are you, Ed?
5: Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, man. Yeah, so uh, Shady McCoy, you know, this is a, a player who had a lot of unprofessional issues during his time in, in Philly, and Buffalo in it. It doesn't appear as though any sort of punitive action was taken during those two uh, uh, stops. So to me, he's someone who's a a spoiled player. And he talks about how the enemy didn't do anything for the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs won two Super Bowls and went to three while he he was there. Now, are we to believe that none of that had anything to do with the enemy being the OC? Uh, you know. He he talks about responsibility. If E.B. comes here and that's like pretty much the only thing he does is hold people accountable, if that's it, we've we've taken leaps and bounds from what we've had because we just haven't had that coach that does that on a consistent basis.
1: Yeah, you, you might benefit you. as a staff from bringing somebody in. The only thing I would say, though, and you could tweet us at Grant H. Paulson and Funny Danny, I'm, I'm getting... Plenty of tweets from people who don't like the comments from McCoy. It's a real question. You know, how much does he do? How involved is he? Right? That, that is the question asked about the enemy, fair or not. Because it's Andy Reid's show. This guy was there. Most people that comment on that were not there. Right? Yep. And he is giving his experience. Now, it might be colored. It might be uh, bias. John's in Temple Hills. What's up, John? Hey guys, how you doing? Taking my call. You um, bet. I just want. I just wanted to say that I definitely agree. There seems to be a little sourness, but at the same time, um, if you take away the messenger and just look at the message, it is a it is a valid
4: question. Um, what is his value just in a bubble? But at the same time, uh, with like you said, him being and having success with the, with the
1: Chiefs, him just coming to the Commanders really just elevates. Just because of that, if you've been standing next to Andy Reid for five years, like you've soaked up that knowledge, so you you'll be able to bring something. But um, I do feel that you know it is a valid question, like what is his value? Because you know he's, I mean, and I don't I don't really like the the whole thing about getting hard on players because um, I mean Belichick and everybody yells at Brady. If you can if you can start with the top guy, you should be able to talk to anybody. So I think that's just a personal preference thing. But I do like the fact that you guys don't dismiss it as always just, oh, just shady because it is a valid question. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I dismiss that. the last part as stylistic. You know, wh- what do you like? What don't you like in a coach? I don't really care if you like a guy that yells or not, Shady McCoy. I'm sorry. I just don't. But w- when you're telling me I haven't been in that room, what he does, what he doesn't do, that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I've got to now figure out why you have a bias, if you have a bias, what your experience was there. Is there a chance you just don't like this guy? Changes nothing for me personally, by the way. I think this hire was absolutely a no-brainer for Washington because, again, if the had never called one play or done a single thing of note while just being the coordinator in name for five years, he has been sitting next to one of the five best offensive minds of the last 50 years in the NFL, and you learn a lot doing that. Real quick, play the Jordan Ta'amu cut for me. Uh, he was on the show with me on Friday when Danny was out. He's an XFL quarterback with the Defenders who was with the Chiefs. Here's what he had to say about Bien-Ami.
3: I Hello, Derek, um, EB, Coach EB, and um, everything he's he stood for. He had high energy. He always wanted everything to be perfect, top notch, and uh, would get on the guys if you know a little mistake would happen that you know we should be able to fix. But um, having him, you know, he. There's a lot of debate if he calls the plays or not. He does calls the plays, and you know Andy Reid can trump it if he likes something else. But um, Coach Reid and E.B. you know they worked together for a very long time, and um, just seeing the way E.B. carries himself, I think he's going to be a great fit um, when with Commanders and and his offense.
1: That's Jordan Tamu, XFL's D.C. Defenders, who was with the Chiefs for parts of two seasons. On their practice squad. Uh, the audio we've been playing for you is from LaShawn McCoy, Fox Sports One, saying he just doesn't think Eric Bieniemy has that much to do with Kansas City success. Says that when it comes to the passing game, he's uninvolved. Uh, he may have an axe to grind, but is this something that in any way gives you any more nerves or pause about the hire or Grant and Danny? Grant and Danny on the fan, an NBA team that's under 500, disappointed with their product, has fired their head coach. It's not the team you think. Hmm. Well, I don't know who you're thinking. <laughs> How could you know? It's not the Wizards is what I should say. Yeah. Uh, It's the Atlanta Hawks. We'll get into that. Before we get out of here, we also have your power play coming up. We're taking you up to 630. Plus, we're going to listen to some of the new rejoins that were put together for us. We're going to put them in the yes and no piles. We'll have a live show meeting where we do that coming up before we get out of here as well. All on G and D here on 1067 The Fan. The question for you guys Eric Biennami, the offensive coordinator here in Washington, drawing the ire and the heat from LaShawn McCoy today on Fox Sports One, who says basically, I'm paraphrasing, but that he's not nearly as involved as people think and he's not sure how valuable he really was in Kansas City. Seems like this is a situation where the guy saying this is not that credible, but should we be completely dismissive of what he's saying? Let's go to Mark in Richmond. Hey, Mark.
4: Hey, Brandon, thanks for taking my call. Hey, bud. Uh, um, I kind of see it both ways. Um, from Shady McCoy's uh, point of view, I mean, he was royalty in Philly, and so coming into a new team, he kind of expected to be treated the same, and when he wasn't, I think that gave him some bad vibes. And he was in the installation meetings, but he was never in – actual coaches-only meeting. so the installation that was put in, how much input did the enemy have in creating that? And so I don't think he has a full picture of exactly the worth that the enemy is bringing to it. And I don't think anybody had a problem with Mahomes, who basically sat next to Alex Smith in the meeting room. And, you know, he came in and he lighted it up without really doing much in, in an actual game. So I think it could be similar in this case as well.
1: Thanks for the call. I do think it's true that if you're not in the install or you're not in a lot of the the meetings where coaches are chopping it up and going over things, you don't have the whole picture. That's fair. But a player is going to have a really good beat on who's doing what. Because especially when it comes to coordinators, those guys are running the meetings. Those guys are, are given the, the, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday addresses as a unit. No, you break down as a coach, and you say offense go there, defense go there, mm-hmm. special teams is in their room, and then your coordinator comes in, and then your, your position coaches might address you. So if that's all Andy Reid addressing the offense and not the enemy, I mean, that's a skill he's going to have to learn. Again, none of this would disqualify him for me. In fact, it, it makes it all the more reason why I'm trying to unearth the gem here. It, it, it's a very simple interview process. Did you work in Kansas City the last five years? Yes. Oh, cool. You have pick the him up. Now. Yeah, it, it's it, for me. It's that simple. And if he is actually the brain trust uh, in some capacity, if if he did have the involvement that Andy Reid claims that he did on some of the red zone calls that I love, then now you now your doubles a home run. You know, now your good ideas is, is a slam dunk.
2: Thing I'd add real quick is BNME held that offensive coordinator job for five years. I'd be willing to bet his role increased with time. Maybe year one, year two, which McCoy's talking about 2019, he may not have been as involved. It sounds like his involvement grew, and it got to the point that last year, uh, you know, Andy Reid's like, hey, you got to go leave the nest here and go somewhere else because you're not getting the credit you deserve.
1: How could it not have grown? You would think, right? Look, there is also this, though. How did he not get one of those 16 jobs? It's unbelievable. Now, I- I'm not naive enough to say that race had nothing to do with it, okay? I know that Nagy and that uh, Peterson got jobs with the same level of experience without calling plays. Guys get jobs without calling plays. But just getting the interview is the hardest part. Like, go in there, knock someone's socks off. D'Amico Ryans has been a coach for three hours. He went and met with the Texans, blew them away, and they hired him. Like, that does happen plenty around the league. And, and it is just confounding to me. I, I said the same thing largely about Davey Martinez, I remember. I think he had done, like, nine interviews before he got He'd the job. he been a bridesmaid forever. How do you do so many interviews and, and not get a job? It's just amazing to me. Chris is in Hyattsville. What's up, Chris?
4: What's up, guys? How are you doing? Good. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to make too much out of this, but like you said, your antenna is going up. So you put together all the data points, right? Danny, I know you love data points. I love them. So you love them. You love them, love them like you love carbs. So yeah. We put together the data point, 15 interviews, no job offers. Okay, you hear this, just albeit disgruntled player saying he's not involved in the installation of the offense. Furthermore, he's not making comments during the meetings about what's going on. All right, he's a running back coach, was not a running, was not a quarterback, did not play quarterback, has not coached quarterbacks. I mean, although he, I assume, coached Patrick Mahomes, but not. By trade, a quarterbacks coach. So, you put all that together, I'm starting to say, think, did we just hire a name because that's what this franchise does? Jeff George, Steve Spurrier, Albert Haynesworth, you know, Dion Sanders, Bruce Smith. The list goes on. Be- or did we really vet this and say, is this guy worth? what his name Ooh. suggested is.
1: That's interesting. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Chris. You're on Grant and Danny. That's really, really interesting, which is to say that uh, do we trust Rivera didn't just say, let's go get the celebrity coach that everyone knows.
2: Yeah, I, I need a bailout. I need some positive vibes. That's one.
1: D- did Rivera do the due diligence and the homework to really find out what he's doing in the building and does that matter? Because people might feel like I feel, which is, to say that it doesn't matter how involved he was. It doesn't matter what he's done. He's getting a promotion now. I mean, they did hire a celeb. He's the assistant head coach. He's the, the play caller now. Chris is on to something. How many times has have the commanders gone out and gotten a name that was bigger and better than the production that they were able to bring them? Infinity. Your Mark Carrier, you Deion Sanders. It's what we majored in forever here. It's, it's kind of how we've done this all along. Grant and Danny on the fan. We got some big breaking news to pass along here at the top of the hour on the commanders and uh, an attorney's office. You know how that used to happen all the time. We went a few weeks without that. It's been a minute. Let's go. Financial records. city, baby. More summons. Grant and Danny on the fan.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.